Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the On the Horizon RC podcast. I'm your host and Horizon president, Chris Dickerson. I'm joined by my co-host and marketing director, Steve Petrato. Many of our listeners are going to be familiar with Steve as he's been in many videos throughout his career at Horizon. Some of you will even remember his alter ego, the Steve. Uh, Steve, thanks for uh, joining me on this new journey. I'm excited to uh, do this. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, Chris, this is going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, it's a new way for us to engage. And, and uh, you know, my, my background with Horizon has been everything from I came on uh, right from a hobby shop. I worked uh, prior to Horizon. I worked at AtlantaHobby.com. And then prior to that, even in high school, I worked at a hobby town in uh, Cumming, Georgia, where I grew up. Um, but I came to Horizon right after uh, college about eight years ago, a little over eight years ago now, and have been uh, here ever since and loving every minute of it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you mentioned I had my alter ego, the Steve. A lot of people know me from my YouTube work uh, with all of the Blade videos back in the day. Um, and since then, I've been uh, off into new journeys here at Horizon, leading up the marketing team on the air and radio side. Uh, and so, you know, I've, I've been in this hobby ever since I was... 13 got into racing cars and uh, slowly taught myself how to fly while working at a hobby town on real flight uh, real flight g 3.5 <laughs> and uh, ever since then i've been on the air side so i've been having fun uh, excited to finally have a cool podcast forum for us to talk about yeah well and again thanks for uh, I, I consider you volunteered for this so uh <laughs> thanks for agreeing to be my co-host absolutely and- uh, happy New Year. Happy New it's, Year. It's amazing New Year. And, you know, it's it's really crazy to me to think that it's already 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and 2020 is going to be a special year for Horizon. It's our 35th anniversary. And, you know, as you and I were talking about ways to celebrate uh, that great anniversary, 35 years of Horizon, how to do that, uh, really this idea of celebrating the RC community. There's just some really cool, passionate people, much like yourself, much like a lot of our guests this year that just love RC and horizon. I feel like we're really fortunate to be part of that community. And this is a little bit of us just trying to give back to have those conversations with the legends, the influencers, the people that have really made this hobby great to sit down with them and have the conversations about what drives their passion that, you know, I think if a lot of the, the club members could sit down with these folks, these are the conversations they'd want to have over, you know, a beverage of their choice. Right. Maybe. Right. Or so, beverage, yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So uh, this should be a lot of fun and we hope we hope everybody enjoys listening to it. Yeah. So we'll jump right in our first segment surrounding uh, Horizon News. You know, we've got uh, a lot going on here. Obviously, Chris mentioned the 35th anniversary um, we also couldn't be Horizon Hobby without talking about new products. Absolutely, Steve. What do we got? I think we've had some pretty pretty amazing announcements already in this new year, right? Yeah, just recently, uh, the E-Flight P51, that's our, uh, our large 1.5-meter uh, P51. We've also had the low-C Tenacity TT trophy truck uh, on the Tenacity Pro platform with all those yeah, awesome really upgrade awesome. parts. Uh, the E-Flight Ultrix, which is a really fun, something that really shocked me when the guy showed me it up front. Uh, it's a twin motor ultra micro 1S airplane that just is virtually indestructible and got tons of power. So really cool. And last but certainly not least, the uh, the re-entry of the Axial SCM, SMT-10 monster truck. Yeah, digger. you know, Steve, so last weekend, uh, Monster Jam was in St. Louis. Oh, and yeah. I took my whole family down. Nice. And, uh, you know, it's it's amazing just how much family fun, how good of a time monster trucks are. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it really does show that guys never grow up 
Um, but yeah, the, the <laughs> axial, roar of that engine never that's gets right, old. Yeah, <laughs> it never gets old. And, you know, seeing Grave Digger there, you know, mm-hmm. made me want to go, uh, Go, go get one of the new SMT-10 Grave Diggers as well. And I know the team did some nice upgrades uh, to the transmission and the motor right. and some things to make it perform even better. So it already looked great because it's Grave Digger. Yeah. And uh, now it performs great. So super cool truck. And, and it was kind of fun to go reconnect with a uh, monster truck. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some great product announcements. We'll try to keep everybody posted on those as we go through the series, too. Um, you know, Steve, I saw on social media recently, you guys in the team, you, you posted something called the horizon signature events for 2020. Yeah. Can you just tell everybody again a little bit? What, what do we mean by signature event? What makes them so special? Sure. What are they? When are they? Uh, should I go ahead and put my vacation time in now? Yes. (laughs) I will do that when Uh, we get done. So the, uh, the horizon signature event series is, is really a way for us to, to capture all of the events that horizon ourselves put on you know we're, we're at it 70 plus events a year wow. a, as a company and we're you know whether it's on the air side or surface side races uh competitions on you know urcha jonal you name it we're we're everywhere oshkosh um, but these these four events now there were three last year these four events really symbolize what horizon stands for community awesome excitement in rc products um and just a way to bring people together through a, a common interest and so the signature events start with uh, with RC Fest. Uh, this is going to be our fourth year, I believe, at RC yeah, Fest. Yeah. And uh, we we took this event. Just a quick recap: we took this event from our Air Meet event, which I'll talk about in a minute, and brought it to the U.S. and, and Americanized it a bit. Um, and it's really just a great uh, great family fun thing here in Monticello, Illinois, not too far. It's at our home field, Eli Field, uh, June twelfth through the fourteenth. Uh, this summer and it's it last year we had over 5,000 people at a small airfield Um, we had the grave digger experience we had full-scale flyovers we had all kind of really cool rc uh, excitement and the the idea of this event is not just an expose it's come and try it come play with your stuff i think that's what really i I love about rc fest there's something there for the skilled pilots we have a tlr cup race um, but you can come with your family and try rc for the very first time yeah um, it, it really is kind of the, the best of everything RC, and it is nice to showcase. Eli Field's such a cool uh, yeah. venue. It's nice to be able to showcase it a little bit yeah, and, and to have it right in our backyard. Yeah, an iconic place. It's it's now immortalized in real flight, and uh, a lot of people have seen many of our product videos shot there. Right, so, so June 12th through 14th here yeah. in Monticello, Illinois. What else do we have on the uh, signature events? So we've got two this year. It was really exciting. We had Axial Fest. Uh, out in Donner Ski Ranch, and we have Axial Fest Badlands here in Attica, Indiana, which is about an hour awesome. from the office. Awesome. The uh, Badlands event in Indiana is June 25th through the 27th, and Donner Ski Ranch, uh, the version out in California, in Northern California, is uh, July 22nd through the 25th. So two ex- two great events now. We split up. A lot of feedback from California last year. Man, I just can't get there. It's too far away. For those of you guys in the Midwest and the East Coast, we've brought it to the Badlands. And uh, I think the Badlands is a perfect backdrop. We've, again, shot a ton of videos there for our products, but it's also a really cool place. A little bit different scenery, a little bit different backdrop, right, right. Um, but a way for more people to experience the magic of Axial Fest. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to go to Axial Fest yeah. out at Donner last summer, and I mean, it really is indescribable. It is it is one of my great RC experiences of the 17 years I've been at Horizon. That's awesome. So um, the fact that, yeah, for those folks that can't make it out to California, we've now at least got it here in the Midwest uh, should be a great event. We, yeah, if you could make it, please do. It, it yeah. is guaranteed to deliver. 
Yep, definitely. And then to round off the signature event series in 2020, uh, the ever-legendary air meet in Germany. Yes. This is in uh, Donauwörth, Germany. It's at a very small uh, airport, uh, in a, in a, and it's a legendary event. I mean, it's it's been going on now for um, over 12 years, and uh, we're excited to bring it back again. The same place, same time. You know, it'll be August 15th through the 16th. It's two days of just spectacular RC flying, driving, full-scale performances of, you know, jets and helicopters and whatever whatever we can get there. Uh, we'll, we'll be bringing a lot of fun this year. And we've expanded it to include guys like uh, Parker. Uh, yeah, Brian Re- Parker with the yeah. Recon G6, right? Yep, so we're bringing a, awesome. a really nice Recon G6 event there this year. Race Meet is a secondary portion of Air Meet, uh, so there'll be great races, but we're really ramping up the, the scaling the scaling section of the event, the bashing area, the ARMA area is going to be pretty awesome this year as well. Um, so we're really excited about Air Meet uh, 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the biggest RC event in the world. You know, yeah. it has to be. It's almost like a music festival at this mm-hmm. point. So um, not something everybody can get to. I know last year you and I were lucky enough to go, and yep. uh, you did a great job covering it through social media. So yeah. even if you can't get to Air Meet or any of the signature events, I'm sure we're going to do a great job covering it through Absolutely. social media so people feel like they're there, right? Yeah, please stick around. Yeah, check out our, our social media, Axial, Horizon. Uh, all, all those will be covered in, in many places. All right, <laughs> so well, a lot of around. great stuff going on. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Okay, today we have our first very special guest, the one, the only Mr. Jason Dearden joining us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jason is the founder of Arma. Uh, Jason, we're really proud to have you as part of the Horizon team. And excited that you took this leap uh, to be our first guest on the podcast. And uh, I'm sure this is a highlight for both your career and your life. So thanks for joining us. (laughs) Or, or, yeah, the next hour at least. We'll settle for that. But, but in all seriousness, thanks for being our first guest. We're we're happy you've been in Champaign all week this week. We're sorry for the weather. Uh You, so you wait to do this until I'm really tired. Yeah, yeah. We thought we'd wait until the end of the week so you'd yeah. be worn out. But yeah, uh, have to thank- apologize for champagne weather to a guy from the UK, which is well, that's true. Yeah, that's sad, sad, isn't it? We, Steve? Had, we had ice <laughs> earlier in the week, and now it's fog. So yeah, I think we've seen almost every season this week, other than yeah. summer. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But thanks for squeezing in a You're couple welcome. minutes here to talk to us, to talk to the RC community out here, and uh, for being part of the experiment. No problem. Um, you know, just jumping in, uh, 2019, I think we have to say in the RC community that it was the year of ARMA. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, and, I think so. Yeah. And it was also the 10th anniversary of ARMA, which is really pretty cool. So we'll get into maybe some of the ARMA history here in a minute, but you know, let's, let's learn about Jason first. Let's oh. put you on the spot. Let's get oh, the spotlight right. out, Steve. <laughs> all right. That's all right. And, uh, you know, so first of all, I know it's a little bit of an accent. That doesn't sound like central Illinois. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from? It's a little bit further east. A little bit further east. Yeah, correct, correct statement. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about a little bit. Yeah. Where you're from. So I'm, f- I'm from England, United Kingdom, Europe, not New <laughs> England or anything that you have over here that might have England in the name. Um, I come from a little town that we call Ashby, but its full name is Ashby de la Zouche. So that's a very old town, little market town, about a thousand years old. So it's got all these, uh, you know, old old pubs that I've, I don't spend any time in. Oh, at sure. all. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> it's a really cool town, though. I've had uh, been lucky enough to come visit you and the team a few times, and yeah. it, it, we don't have anything like it in the United States. You're right. These these quaint little towns that are a thousand years old. Yeah, my my local pub has a bear pit in it. <laughs> a bear pit? Yeah, a bear with, pit. with a bear. Oh, wow. But there's a stuffed bear in there. Okay. 
and then, and then and then at the back there's a well, but they did think to cover it over so the drunks don't fall down. Uh, that's probably a good <laughs> solid, solid decision. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate there. that too. By the way, having been there. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, thanks for for a little bit of the history there. So, um, how did you get started in RC? I mean, again, ten years with Arma, but obviously, and I know this, you've been around longer than ten years in the RC scene. So, yeah. give us a little bit about you know. How how you got started? Well, I used to build little plastic kits, that kind of thing, from the local kind of, um, you know, toy store kind of thing. And then I started making bolt. This was aircraft, actually, Steve. Okay. Not cars. Hey, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, look at that. So, I, so when I was, you know, like 10 or 11, I'd have got all these little plastic kits hanging off, string off the ceiling of my bedroom kind of thing. Um, the uh, Air Top, what was it? Airfix. Airfix. Airfix was yeah. a British brand, yeah. Yep. Um, and then um, I, one summer, I think it was, my mum saw a, an advert in the local newspaper for a RC car club. Hmm. And with two sons, you know, 10, I think we were about 11 or 12 at the time. Um, she said, oh, let's let's get down. She, she was sick of us being around, around her heels all day. So <laughs> it was a good way to, for, to get us out of the house. So, yeah, basically, it was a, it was a t- one-twelfth scale car club in the local uh, village hall. Uh, had a little club. They put an advert in the new newspaper, just the local advert advertising paper, and we went down there and thought it looked cool. They were skidding around on polished floor, <laughs> but we'd never seen anything <laughs> like that before. So that's how I got into it. And nice. then uh, one of the guys there was selling a car used. So um, my brother and I bought this. What was Electra? It was Electra Car, which is a very small company from. Uh, Leicester, which is close to my hometown. Okay. It was being used. It was, I think it was £40, pounds, so about $60. That's probably quite a bit of money then. Yeah, it was. I had to use all... We, my brother and I had to put all our Christmas money in and our birthday <laughs> money and uh, that kind of thing, and we got that. And then, So what we used to do is go to the club, and uh, I used to do one race, and he used to do the other race. Hmm. So was this all indoor racing? At the yeah. It was, yeah. Okay. Um, the scene at that point was 12th scale, and it was... Okay. Um, they used to put silicon uh, silicon sealant on the tires and kind of roll them okay. to, against each other to, to get to get like um, a smooth surface on the tires. A little stipple, they used to call ah. it. Oh, wow. Stipple. <laughs> so we, so I, I used to make all my own tires. So I used to, just a little sidetrack, I mean, you can cut this out if you don't like it. But um, <laughs> um, we used to buy uh, pipe insulation in tubes, these long sure. tubes, hacksaw it off, glue it to uh, the wheels, and then I'd put the wheels in a drill and I'd sand them down and then put the silicon on the surface of the tire and roll the two together and actually you'd make your own tires that way. Wow. And then wow. you'd go racing Gosh. with a with this you know, people would turn up with like twenty or thirty because of the cheapest chips to make. Sure. So that's how we used to do it. Interesting. That's, that's crazy. Um it but you actually are an accomplished racer too. It wasn't all homemade tires. I, I was, you're probably regretting this now and you're lucky it's not video because this is where we do the uh, screen split, Steve. Oh yeah. And we'd show the picture of, was it, you're the 1992 Euro champ. Am yeah, I, do I remember right, this yeah. correctly? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jason showed me this picture of him with a great big smile, a great big trophy, mm-hmm. a full luscious head of hair. <laughs> yeah. Which is the and, most uh, uh, unusual part. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, you're a European champion, so obviously yeah, from but being anybody a that races with me, I mean, I used to race twelfth scale, so um, I was a little bit of, um, you know, I used to go to races with um, David Spashit and all those kind of people. Um, but there was three twelfth scale 
clubs in my area. So I used to race two or three times a week, just going to little church halls everywhere. And I remember the first time we started, somebody had to, we had to take turns and any marshal had to press the button. We had a little keypad and every time a car went under oh, the wow. start line, you had to press the button. <laughs> you had to really so rely on that guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Give him a couple extra bucks. Yeah, so you had to, you had to <laughs> count the laps that way. Anyway, um, yeah. so yeah, I, I used to race a lot. Um, it was mostly 12th scale and then Pro 10 came along and I had a go at that as well. The ironic thing is uh, that European Championships was pretty much the only race I won. <laughs> one win. That's yeah, so, why he likes that so picture. So anybody who's listened to this back from those those days are just going to be laughing that he's a European champion. Nobody but can take that away from you, Jason. So you still have the trophy, though, I right? I still have the so. trophy. Good, Nobody good. can take it off me, but it, it was hilarious <laughs> to myself and lots of other people. Good, good. That's awesome. So outside of racing, uh, and this can be any at any time, what's kind of your most memorable RC experience? It could be now, it could be in your childhood. I mean, that day was really special because it all went down to the, the, there used to be three-legged races at that point, uh, and it all went down to the final leg, and we all went into there, and there was five of us that could win. And uh, I managed to hold it together, and uh, David Spashin was my teammate, and he he played, um, he did some team, team driving for me behind, he was blocking people off for me. So uh, that was a really, really special moment because it was on my home track and some of my family were there and they never used to go to see, see racing. So that was that was a real memorable moment. And then there's, a, a, I mean, the rest, there's loads of other memorable moments in terms of you meet so many nice people in this job um, and there's things like um, I had a hand in launching the HPI Savage, so that day was a really remarkable day. Yeah, uh, It wasn't, you didn't have the massive launches like you do now, but at least... Um, you know, we knew we were onto something, yeah, and that was good. I owned an HPI Savage. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. that's one of the great, great uh, monster trucks of all time, certainly yep. the HPI yep. Savage. Yeah, the original 3.5, I still have a boxed one on the... Oh, wow. Uh, I've not, I don't think I've, I might have opened it once. Wow. And it's stuck on the shelf in my, in my. Uh, that's cool. I say garage, you say garage. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. We'll, we'll translate here at the end, so uh, very, very good. Yeah, so maybe kind of fast forward in a little bit, Jason. I mean, what people really want to know about, like we opened, I mean, 2019, such an awesome year for Arma. Epic. Epic, epic. I think is, yeah, yeah that's, that's how you that's refer how to it. That's started into the... Uh, epic year for Arma, yeah. its 10th anniversary. You know, maybe give us a little bit. So you talked about starting out, how you got into RC. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a little bit there that you you were at HPI Europe. Um mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit, you know, again, how did you get the inspiration for launching Arma? How did you get to that point? So, you know, you go from being a 12th scale racer yep. to launching the Arma brand yep. to having it have an epic 2019. How does that all happen? Uh, I guess there was three turning points. There was the the European Championship. That was Pro 10 that I, that, that, that was, that I won in 92. At that point, I, um, I sort of volunteered with Team Corelli, which the, was the company I was drive, driving for at the time just and Team Orion to import their parts part-time into the UK. So I started out as a, like a little uh, distributor from home. Um, then teleport forward a few years um, because I was doing a great job with Team Orion. Then I, I was introduced to HPI at that point in 1998, the same week that my, my first daughter was born. Um, so and they were looking, uh, Sean and the guys there were looking for someone to set up a European office for HPI, so I set that up for them. Um, got HPI successful. Um, ten years later, weren't seeing eye to eye with the way the company was um, was going, and I thought I probably know enough about this now to give it a shot on my own. 
So, so it was started, you know, with a 300, 300 pounds in my sort of distribution company from the spare bedroom at my uh, parents' house. Uh, <laughs> then it was then it was HPI Europe, and then um, in in two thousand nine we started um, working with Team Durango and Armour. And then there's huge amounts of work to get to where we got to today. Um, and you just kind of build on that. Because engineering is all about details. So you're just building on top of all those little details all the time. And there's uh, lots of little baby steps along the way. Um, but it all came to, yeah, the stars all aligned this year, I think. Yeah, well, it seemed like the uh, 6S platform a couple of years ago was really kind of when Arma really hit the scene. I know, again, yeah. there, you know, there were vehicles before that, but kind of like the Savage for HPI, there there are these vehicles for every brand that yeah. really are kind of the moment they become, you know, That's a, it, a yeah. big deal. And it seemed yeah. like the 6S platform, uh, the Outcast, the Creighton, yeah. um, really set that stage for Arma. I mean, what what was... What was the inspiration for that platform that you guys, what were you really trying to accomplish with those? Well, we knew that uh, the possibilities with electric were improving all the time because the technology on the speed controls, um, batteries and all that kind of stuff was improving. I mean, previously it, it, it had been sort of 10 years of nitro. Um, and obviously 10th scale has its limitations with the terrain that you can run it on and things. So. And we knew that eight-scale buggies and plat and truggies and those kind of vehicles were really cool to drive. You know, they're, they've got a lot to offer. So we thought we'd marry the. Um, so we thought we'd throw as much power into one of those platforms as we could. Hence six S, because most people were four S at the time, and sure. you know we weren't. We tried not to be blinkered by the racing regulations of four S. Um, put a load of power into it, um, and then you know coming back from the days where. I didn't have a lot of money and, um, you know, that, that starting that I was talking about making my own tyres and doing all that kind of stuff, you know, it's really, I think it's really important you, you put out a durable product because people want to be driving, they don't want to be, well, wrenching's part of the hobby but there's, there's nice wrenching and then there's repairing which isn't quite such a pleasant experience. So we wanted to make something that's really powerful uh, and durable and that's, that's what the brand's been built on really, you know, designed Designed in-house to be tough, designed in-house to be fast. Do you find it interesting the way customers try to break your product? <laughs> is that something you kind of wake up and go, oh, come on, really? Or yeah. is it you, you, yeah. you're excited about it because they're actually trusting bit, you bit to do that? Yeah, yeah, a bit of both. Um, I mean, when people try to learn skills with the vehicles, they don't want to make have the first tumble and then, you know, oh, Arm break, or break and then you've got to be off back home again. Yeah. So part of this... You know, I was I was pretty awful at off-road racing, um, and I remember you know how many times I broke vehicles sure. just trying to <laughs> trying to make the double or you know downside the, the triple or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it's important you give that back to the, give that to the people so they can actually got a durable enough car so they can try things, learn new skills. But yeah, I, I'm not sure I understand this, the, the mindset <laughs> of people driving into trees. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you can do it, the fact that you can do it for the most part, <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> with sure. that utter abuse of the product, of yeah, more than you guys amazing. intended. It is amazing when you see user generated. Um, you know, we got you know our fans. I won't say user generated content. It sounds a little bit too corporate, but <laughs> it, it, it our fans said putting videos out there and they slow them right down and you see the car landing on a corner and it's, it's yeah. bending and twisting and then pinging back and then you think wow that yeah we did engineer it. Pretty well. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned uh, the engineering details. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about the detail. I really find it awesome that you guys really do listen to the community base. You know, there's a there's several groups out there uh, that you know, on Facebook that are just full of great fans, mm-hmm. but they do give feedback and they're not shy about it. And you guys take that really well, yeah, and then all, you turn it joke. into something better. Yeah, I think that's, we, it's just a really nice thing. Yeah, we we put a huge amount of effort into testing the cars. You you know, it's hard to comprehend just how much time the guys spend doing that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we've also got to put a hand up and anything that... We've got to watch what our customers are doing and try and improve the experience for them. So um, constant improvement is something that Armour's always been about and always will be about. Um, yeah, and I think that gives it back to the fans. We always try to make things backwards compatible as well so that if we do enhance something, yeah. then it, it isn't forcing... Uh, because I'm, I'm very sensitive to what the hobby costs sure. because, you know, my parents never funded anything that I did in, in the hobby. So I, I know how hard I had to save to right. to get right. pinion gear or, a, <laughs> you know, sometimes I needed a new pinion gear to go a little bit faster. Right. Uh, so I had to, so I didn't go, I sort of went for the cheapest lunch meal <laughs> at school. <laughs> so my mum my mum would give things. me, my mum was giving me like two pounds a day for, uh, for, for lunch and I'd I'd go with the beans and chips so I could, <laughs> I could save a pound each day because right, right. I knew I could get three pounds at the end of the week to pay for that pinion that I wanted to go faster with at the weekend. So anyway, uh, I'm very sensitive to how much things cost. So if, if, um, if we can make stuff backwards compatible, we, we stress over that a lot so that people don't necessarily, you know, if they've got a V2 and we bring out a V4, um, they can put the, the parts that mean something to them on those on, on the their car. Right. And I think people appreciate that. And then when the car's so tired that they want a fresh experience or a fresh car, then hopefully they'll they'll remember that that that, that experience sure. and they'll buy another one of our cars, hopefully. And it's amazing, thanks guys, to people out there that the number of people that show a, a fleet of armor cars. It is just, just yeah. uh, it's, it's really crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, um, it is awesome. It, yeah. It, yeah, it's amazing, it, yeah. You know, I I also want to mention, I think in 2019, obviously one of the big hits for Arma was the infraction and mm-hmm. then kind of its sibling car, the yep. Limitless. Yep. And uh, I'll tell a little quick story here. Um, <laughs> just you go back to the summer of 2018, Jason, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it was maybe my first trip to visit you guys and you and the team say, hey, we want to show you this on-road car that we want to develop and yep. uh, I saw your face. Sink. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit, uh, <laughs> I, I, my, my heart sunk a little bit, and I, I wanted to believe in you guys because we had this new relationship, and yeah. uh, we went out and we, we drove a very early test mule mm-hmm. of what ended up being the infraction. And I remember that afternoon working with you guys after about ten minutes of driving that car, knowing we had a hit. Yep. And I, I was able to see what you guys were able to see, and realize that this ain't an on-road car like anybody's ever made before. And uh, it really is a testament to how you guys think differently, mm-hmm. how you listen to the customers, like Steve said. And I just think the infraction and, like I said, the limitless, really, that, that community is just blown up with all the crazy things from smoking tires to yeah. speed runs. I mean, what what gave you and the team inspiration and a little bit of faith probably that you could do an on-road car differently um, to to get any kind of the reaction that that vehicle's had, let alone the reaction it did get. Well, first of all, a lot of the armor fans were converting Typhons into um, either speed runs or you know street racing kind of vehicles. 
so that comes back to Steve's point earlier about watching what the community is doing and, and you know taking that on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I've been in this game long enough to to have that same kind of uh, cynicism that you probably <laughs> crashed <laughs> went through your mind a, li- a little bit. Now, in retrospect, know. I can admit it. Yeah, yeah you but, could, but so, yeah, yeah. so at the time, it's like, yeah, but on roads never really worked, and then so I had to rack my brains as to. And we discussed it as a group as well about what had what stopped on road being super accessible to everybody in the past. Um, and the conclusions we came to were, were that basically you needed to clean a surface to to right. correct right. a surface right. to run it on. So Someone has a racetrack in their backyard, you know. Right. No, I mean I'm tw- I'm a twelfth guy. We used to run the things at like four or five millimeter ride height. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great experience when you can rail around a corner at that speed. Um, but we had to go to tracks, lay down carpet, and do all that kind of stuff every every time, um, which isn't very accessible to people. So, yeah, we we wanted to make. Um, well, we had we had a couple of challenges. Really, we don't ha- we didn't have the money uh, to, to to develop an all new platform, and we wanted so we needed to use as many shared shared parts as we can, and that helps the community as well. It helps model shops. It helps everybody. Uh, so we we had to brainstorm a way where we could get more ride height, retain the handling. Tires, tires are really easy to make good when you when they're expensive. <laughs> but to make a tire that is affordable enough to go into an RTR is also a challenge. And an on-road car only works when it's got great tires. I think Formula One engineers say that a third of the performance comes from the tire. Right, right. And so it, it's easy to get, to go racing and hundred dollars down as a set of tires so we had to come up with a solution for the tires so we ha- we did a lot of development on tires first um did some test mules and finally got to the point where we felt that it was really viable and and, and exciting and, and i knew we'd got a hit when i saw the guys coming back from testing off-road guys that are used to jumping big and they're coming back from you know blasting around a dirty parking lot um leaves and stones and everything and they're you, you could see them them buzzing. They were really excited. I mean, these are guys that do this for a living, so you know, they not not a lot excites them. <laughs> but they were coming back buzzing about it, and and you picked up on that, didn't you, Chris? When you first Absolutely. drove it, you yeah. could just feel the energy yeah. from the team. And and again, it was such a different experience than than anything that's ever been done. And mm-hmm. you know, big. I think a big part of the reason that Arma fits so well with the Horizon family is this dedication to innovation and mm-hmm. and kind of doing things that no one's ever done before and that vehicle really captured that spirit. I know for me, you know, Steve, we were at Airmeet last I was fall. Say Airmeet, yeah. And uh, I, I Sunday morning before Airmeet started. So for those that don't know, Airmeet's in southern Germany, and it's on an airstrip. Mm-hmm. So it's Sunday morning, and things haven't started yet, and somehow there's an infraction there at okay. Airmeet, and I find myself out on this airstrip driving the infraction at seven thirty in the morning, <laughs> cool. and just going as fast as it'll go doing donuts, smoking the tires. And I mean, to me, that is one of those moments I'll never forget, yeah. you know, in my, in my RC experience is yeah. that kind of cool opportunity here to have this vehicle and just, yeah. just enjoying the moment, you know, yeah. being in this like surreal place, you know, Southern Germany on a Sunday morning, <laughs> driving my infraction a hundred miles an hour and doing smoke tired donuts. I mean, yeah. just, that's what, that's what RC is about to me, yeah. and, and certainly the infraction is, is a great way for people to experience yeah, and, and things the, like that. And the guys made a, um, 
we had, you know, we're an open team and we discussed lots of things. And we, but you also wanted to make something that would work well for the speedrun guys and the people that, um, you know, like to scratch build and like to to have project cars. Um, so we didn't just want to leave it as one RTR. Right, right. Um, so that's why we did the limitless, and that's why you know there's a tunable aero on there, and you can flip the motor mount so that you can put different uh, power configurations in there. Um, and that's, I think that's in its own way as as innovative as the as the whole platform itself. That approach to well, guys, here we go. Here's the starting point. Now right, you take it right. from here. Yeah, I um, took uh, I took a limitless and an infraction up to Road America mm-hmm. to hang out with uh, Juan Pablo Montoya and all the Penske team drivers. And while the limitless wasn't a runner, it was just the, yeah. it was just early on. Um, they were all blown away, and all even like the teammates and the tech yep. guys were checking it out. Like this oh, is cool, so man. cool! Just yep. cool to see the you know the upper echelon of the full scale racing community uh-huh. seeing that car and having much respect for it. So I think mm-hmm. you guys really nailed that and. And they're all about aero and tuning, yep. and they were just blown away by it. That's it was cool. really cool. And now, uh, and when we developed the product, I didn't think we'd be doing 10.8 quarter miles racing against full-size cars. <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Which, if anybody's not seen that video, you know, yeah, check it that's, out. That's pretty awesome, yeah. So, I guess real quick, Jason, you know, all work and no play, of course, is, isn't mm-hmm. isn't the way life should go. So, I happen to know a little bit that you're, you're kind of an avid uh, cyclist. You like to... To ride a bike, well, and I kind of used to be. I mean, used if, to if, be, yeah, okay. if, uh, yeah. I'm, I've, I've not quite as avid as, I, and I have to be honest about that because I'll, if I say that I'm avid cyclist right now, then a lot of the guys at work that are that are avid that are cyclists, doing yes, eight thousand miles a year <laughs> on a bicycle are gonna oh. take the rip out of me, aren't you, Matt? Um, <laughs> so, yes. um, so yeah, I, there was a period of two or three years ago. Well, in, when I when I turned forty, which I'm I'm 40, fifty-one now, so when I turned forty, I, I thought I better get better into shape. So I had started doing uh, cycling, and yeah, half an hour on a bike at that point was difficult. And then a right. couple of years ago, I did eight one hundred mile bike rides in one year. Wow! Um, the wow. longest I've done is uh, two hundred twenty kilometers. Uh, I've climbed the highest, the longest single climb in Europe, which is uh, on. Um, and an island, Canary Islands, where you go from the coastline all the way up to the top of the volcano, and it's <laughs> two thousand meters climbing. Oh wow! So that's what's that? Uh, Almost six thousand. Yeah, about six thousand. So over a mile. Six, yeah, six, over a mile yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. climb. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Ooh. it's that's up there. That's yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos. Yeah. That's impressive. It's more fun it's coming fun on, down, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun on the way down. And <laughs> you need to make make sure you're. Uh, if you've got more time, I could tell you stories about freezing fingers on brakes, not being able to stop for hairpin oh, turns and things. Oh, you know? okay, okay, maybe not that as much fun <laughs> coming down. <laughs> Carry yeah. a couple hand warmers on the way down. <laughs> yeah, got yeah, pretty cold yeah. up there. Yeah. Uh, so, outside of outside of cycling, um, when it comes to RC, you guys have developed a lot of awesome vehicles. Uh-huh. You've been in the racing scene as a young boy. Mm-hmm. What is your all-time favorite RC vehicle? Air, land, sea. What is your go-to? If you had one thing to take to a deserted island, what would it be? That's a very good question. <laughs> so if it's a deserted island, it's probably going to well, be off-road. Well, let's say it's a deserted island that has pavement as oh, well. Yeah, okay. So you've got Sorry. everything. And if it's an electric vehicle, there's power too <laughs> to charge the <laughs> okay. batteries. Very but other than that, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like that desert island disc. I think are you actually going to got a record player to take with you. <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> anyway, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of that. Uh, it's kind of that question, isn't yeah. it, Steve? Yeah. Um, I, th- I, 
my fond favourite at the moment is the Mojave. Okay. Um, I think that's got a really sweet spot of um, performance. Um, you know, it's the power to weight is really good. Um, it's a little bit more stable than some of the other uh, 6S cars. It's a different experience. You know, if you want a wheelie and backflip, then it's not for you. But uh, I like the way you can rail across all sorts of uh, terrain. It looks it looks pretty mean doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, wheels going up under the fenders and stuff. Um, it's because of all the bigger bumpers, it can take a real beating. I'm talking a real beating. Yeah. It's, probably the, it's probably the toughest car that we, we sell right now. Um, yeah, with the you know the wheels aren't hanging out to grab yeah, on exactly. stuff. Yeah, the body right, protects, right. The body protects yeah. things. There's yeah. a cage to protect the body. Um, the body mounts inside, front and rear. It's it's yeah, it's durable. Yeah, when really you guys durable. sent the first couple over here, we let the sales team take it out and mm-hmm. run it, which may have been a mistake in hindsight, but because uh, <laughs> not <laughs> everyone has the same level of control that us RC enthusiasts have. But oh. we have big were, curbs on the street are. out here <laughs> yeah. too. They're pretty. Yeah. But I mean, like to eat vehicles. The big dumpsters out back. You know they. 500 pound plus steel dumpster yep. and uh one of the sales uh, gals just sent it full speed into that and the sound it made was spectacular <laughs> and i for sure thought it was broken uh-huh. and i think the body came back slightly torn at the front and everything yep. else was fine yeah <laughs> it's really yeah, yeah. impressive yeah it's that's that's the sweet spot but the, i guess the downside of this job is or not the downside the, the requirement for this job is to continually look forward so i i've got things that i like that are in you know, we're it's working secret, on the yeah. secret. That's all right. That's good. Um, that, are, that I'm really excited about. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to have Jason back then. If Absolutely. there's uh, things in the works, we'll have to have you come back. I guess Always. a real quick question, Jason, is, uh, you know, a lot to feel really good about. But like you said, always working on the next greatest, biggest thing. What are you most excited about right now? What what gets you and the team, you know, excited and, and makes you feel good about 2020? That I, that I can speak about. That you can uh, speak about, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it's yeah. just the three of us. No, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that you can speak about. What, what, you know, what really gets you excited when you get back to the team? I'm, I'm really excited about where the ATAS is going to go. Um, I think initially, I mean, there's a lot, social media is social media. So lots, lots, everybody had their opinion about what we were going to do, what armour would do if we ever went into a larger scale vehicle. And of course, when there's eight or ten different sort of trains of thought out there, it's um, it's it, you're going to upset or <laughs> disappoint, let's say. you, you There's a potential to disappoint a larger proportion than you actually make happy. But I think people are getting the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a craton. It's got all those craton kind of... Um, characteristics in the way it drives and all that kind of stuff so that platform um yeah that's got a lot to lot lot to yeah, go for. well that was a kind of a later in the year release and again another yeah, it's only one just come out no so. pun intended but a, a huge release and really kind of kind of broke the internet a little bit i think when and again a lot of speculation mm-hmm. leading up to the announcement i think you guys the marketing team did a great job uh, mm-hmm. teasing that vehicle and kind of getting everybody excited and yeah, and we just wanted to make sure everybody knew that it was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, it was I, the I, most anticipated, well kept secret. I think absolutely. <laughs> so, well, great. Um, I think you know maybe last here, and then we'll let you go so you can wrap up your day. Sure. And um, but you know we we've touched on a little bit. I mean, I think part of the magic for Arma is this super passionate online community, groups like mm-hmm. the uh, Arma Army and folks like that out there, and and certainly they're super big advocates for the brand and the hobby community in mm-hmm. a large way too um you know you probably got some of them listening to this podcast 
Anything you want to say to them? Uh, biggest thanks, you know. Keep keep bashing. Keep having fun. Remember it's remember it's fun. You know, uh, this the, the, the people get so passionate that sometimes I, I sort of raises my eyebrows at some of the you know rough comments that they they give to each other or give to other brands. I mean, all all brands in this hobby are are good for the hobby. Um, you know, so don't don't bash other brands, but really still be a big fan of armor. Be a big fan of the hobby. Yeah. You know, our job is to just bring cool product that you're going to enjoy. And uh, if it if we can't every product can't appeal to everyone, um, so you're going to choose which one you like and uh, have a great time with it. And it, like I said, it's great to see you guys with um, wide, big, long big wide collections of vehicles of armor vehicles it <laughs> makes me really proud because i think they get it i think they get the fact that oh it's today's a typhon day and i'm going to go here and race my t- drive my typhon or oh, it's a bit it's a bit wet so uh, i'm not going to go in the muddy fields or, or anywhere i'll i'll get my infraction out and start putting some rooster tails up and <laughs> doing some donuts in the wet and that kind of thing yeah so, yeah. yeah i think that's that's good Good. Well, Jason, again, on behalf of everybody here at Horizon, especially Steve and myself, uh, thank you for being our first guest here on the podcast. Uh, thanks to you and the ARMA team for all you guys have done as part of the Horizon team uh, moving forward and being part of this great RC community for, mm-hmm. for years, sharing your story with us. And um, yeah, I think we've got a lot to talk about in the future yeah. uh, of things to come. So thank cool. you. And, You're welcome. Uh, We'll uh, talk soon. I'd just like to say one last thing. I'd, I'm I'm just the figure figurehead of Armour. Armour is a team game. You know, the guys back at base they they do a ton of work, and I just want everybody to remember that. You know, it's all about those guys. I'm I, I don't I don't personally design these things. I steer things in, in the right direction, and I, I t- I'm the glue that ties it together. But without those guys doing a killer job, then That's we wouldn't point. have Armour. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hats off to those guys. For yeah, sure. I, I don't know, yeah. Steve, if, if shout out still a thing. But, oh yeah, uh, hey, cer- certainly. I think, I think we Arma. should give a, a, a shout out to the to the yeah. Arma team because it's a great team, yep. and uh, they they really are doing good things for the RC community. And, they are, and, and keeping yeah. it exciting. So good good job to them, and uh, yeah, we look forward to a, an exciting 2020 from Arma. Thank you. Thanks, right. Jason. Have thanks a safe flight. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. As my mum always taught me to say. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here. Take care. Bye. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the On the Horizon podcast by Horizon Hobby. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to speaking with you in two more weeks as we interview Mr. Todd Hodge from Horizon Hobby's surface development team focused on Axial, Low-C, Pro-Boat, and more. We'll see you then.